When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Allison. Yes. You're late. (laughs) I mean, it is mainly my fault. (laughs) We're both late. It's okay. Like the white rabbit, right? Wasn't he late for a very important date or am I getting my fairy tales confused? No, I believe he was. I believe he was. Well, better late than never. Yeah. We had a busy week this week. Sorry about that, everybody. But here's the show. A little bit late. Yeah, we're recording it at the time you would probably normally listening to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, because a few years back, I had that thing with that MS attack. People get nervous, I think, whenever we miss a show. Like, oh, is, is everything okay? We're fine. It was completely mundane stuff that was just... Just life stuff. <laughs> yeah, it just delayed the show this week. Everything's fine. I might take off... I know I keep saying this, but I might take off a week or two coming up. I barely ever take off, but I I really need to get that Hermit's book done, and I might need... You know, just like a, a yeah, I think if we both had like a week of dedicated time, like I have an article that's due in September and I have an exhibit I have to fi- help finish. Yeah. So it would be really cool to just have like a week to work on other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yes. that we're like going anywhere. We never go anywhere, but. That might happen coming up. I might just, because I really want this Hermit's book done for this year and it's, there's a lot left. We could, we could pull a Hermit out to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm 22 chapters in to the Hermit's book. 22 chapters in. And that still leaves out about 752 to uh, Hermits, isn't it? I'm estimating I have at least 10 more chapters to write. At least. In the 1800s, would you say it's a good 37% of the country was living on their own? (laughs) 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 And the thing is, I can't, I I don't know why it isn't more popular. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have a a rather uh, less romanticized version of that now in just that we have a huge population of people who are unhoused in this country. And it's less romantic than going off to the woods to live in your own shack, which people won't even let you do anymore because they're like, oh, building codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So on tonight's show, I will be talking with Jaron. He's got a gnome encounter. Really? Yeah. He woke up with a gnome in his room. Wow. Yeah. Were there any gnomons that preceded it? Ah, nice. But he also has some nighttime invader stuff, some like a UFO from when he was young. A couple creepy stories of just odd things that happened that are really interesting. And then some sleep paralysis stuff because 
goes hand in hand. None of us can really get a good solid night's rest. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, you know, people, oh, you know, sleep paralysis, everybody gets sleep paralysis, but the amount of people who have paranormal encounters that also have sleep paralysis is. The, in the Venn diagram, there's, there's, it, it's almost, it's almost the same pie. <laughs> yeah, right. It's almost the, like overlapping circles. It's really, really interesting. We'll be talking to him in a few minutes. Patrons, I want to thank you. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your support. If you like what we do here on Strange Familiars and you want to help us continue to make the show and get extra content besides, you can become a patron. You can do it at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Or you can do a subscription through Apple Podcasts. And I am slowly adding all the back catalog of the patron shows to the Apple Podcast thing. It really takes a long time to upload an episode there. So I can do maybe five or ten at a time before mm -hmm. my head explodes. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's been a little while since I've added, but there's there's way over a year's worth there. It's, there's lots and lots of old patron episodes there. I'll keep adding them for the people who are signing up that way. But thanks to all of our patrons, either way, whether you're signing up at Apple Podcasts or Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Thank you so much. You make the show happen. Couldn't do it without you. All right, hear about a gnome. I'd like to welcome Jaron to the show. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Yeah. So we got off work. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to talk with us at Strange Familiars. You have a variety of stories you email me about, and I'm excited to get these for the show. Where do you want to start? I figured I was starting in chronological order the best that I could, but just giving highlights because there's a lot of the in-between there. Mm -hmm. Man, the first one, uh, really, I was uh, about 11 years old. It was around 1998. I lived in uh, Lead Hill, Arkansas. And this was a, a brand new trailer, like nothing to be, I mean, it was a trailer, single wide, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, for no reason to think anything was haunted, but, or anything else was going on. But I think, yeah, when I was 11, I woke up one night, I was at a nightlight in my room, and uh, I heard a book fall. I used to have those uh, world books, Encyclopedia Britannica for Kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were popular, like, in the 90s. Yeah, I remember. Mm hmm yeah, but uh, anyway, so, like, I, I had those pretty close to my nightlight, and uh, I've always been a light sleeper. I still am. I heard one of those fall and hit the ground, and I woke up, and I turned, and there was a gnome like, in my room, and it looked shocked as well. It looked surprised, like maybe it had done something, you know, I don't know, knock that book off, but I don't know. It was pretty weird, and it scared the soup out of me, man. It's like kind of one of those things you uh, write off as you get older, you know. You're like, well, maybe I imagined it, you know. Right, like, it's right. Kind of, it was real, but you're like, you know, maybe I imagined it. Maybe it was uh, something else, you know. But it wasn't later and learning about corresponding kind of a events and the circumstances. But I thought maybe it had more validity. What did it look like? It looked just like a a gnome. It, it, I mean, 
stereotypically so, like, which was one thing that he kind of, like, wanted to discredit it as I got older. And I was like, it looked like a storybook gnome. It had a red hat. I can't really remember. it. I mean, it was about three foot tall. I remember having a big red hat. But it also had, like, a milky white eye. Like, its eyes were, I remember the way they glinted uh, from the nightlight that was by the book. They just they looked like milky white to me, and it froze and I froze and I was just scared witless and then it just ran off out the door and I sat there for best I can remember oh probably like I don't know ten minutes trying to work up courage you know the way those trailers laid out on the opposite end is the master so mm-hmm. it was on the very opposite end of the trailer my mom was sleeping and uh, I ran down there and. So I finally got up the courage as fast as I could, you know. I went there, and, of course, I told her, I was like, oh, I think there was enough in my room. And she was like, yeah, 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 I bet there was, you know, whatever, like, you know, sleeping here. But one thing that throughout the years kind of made it more definitive for me was the fact that, like, I'm like, okay, I was a kid. Maybe it was scary. I still had an eyelid on, even at that point, but was sleeping in my own room. But, it, man, I slept with my mom for years after that to points to which I would not even really want to admit. Yeah. And yeah. the fear was real. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, you said he looked surprised. We get these encounters with these, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, these nighttime invaders. Right. And often people say they look surprised. In fact, when my wife saw her flannel man, she said that he looked surprised. Like he'd been caught. Really? Like you shouldn't see me. You know, or how can you see me right. or something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Again, that's one of those details that, I mean, I'm learning just now from you. Like, you know, like, I mean, I've learned bits and pieces throughout the years, especially when I started having sleep paralysis. It made me really kind of dive more deep into the ideas and the coincidences or the uh, the connections, mm-hmm. you know, as they were mm-hmm. uh, between all these phenomenon, you know, and uh things that I discounted in the past uh, suddenly became way more relevant. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Did he have like a sinister vibe to him or just, he was just there or. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he didn't seem like he had a sinister vibe. It was just, I think I took it very sinisterly. Sure. You know, like I was yeah. very afraid. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you I wake would, up and anything's uh, in your room that shouldn't be there. It's not going to be a good feeling. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but it's like, I, had a nightlight for this specific reason right you know mm-hmm. like already kind of a little bit scared of the dark and then like there's something in full light of a nightlight going back at you yeah so yeah. wow it was jarring to say yeah. the least yeah oh but yeah i mean one of the very first experiences i can remember mm-hmm. probably the next significant one man i, I was a couple years older and it's like uh, age 13 around 2000 i had a one of my best buddies in the whole world, Toby, and his buddy Brent, which like Brent a lot too, good guy. But anyways, like they're three years older than us at this point, you know, which as an adult that's nothing, but right. as when you're thirteen to seventeen, that's a that's a pretty big gap. Yeah. But anyways, they took us out. Brent said he knew this property, you know, and it'd be a fun place to camp and just uh, have a spooky night. It's an old house, you know, out in the field, North Arkansas. I imagine around the Payette area, uh, if I had to guess, but I can't remember exactly where it was. So we went out there, and uh, of course, yeah, it was just spooky. You know, there's a 
there's a cow cow's head on the trail and i was with my buddy robert who was the same age as me and then uh, brent and toby were uh, more closely in age as it were we went out there and just having a good time you know mind you this at this age and this time like we did nothing you know mm-hmm. we, were, we were totally sober mm-hmm. so we're, we're having a good time spooky house then uh we have a, a bag of food and i think it's all the fireworks are in there too and somebody i think it was brent just randomly you know just me and kid like freaked out about berries like oh bears can smell the food and like no like don't do it you know i'm like and they so he threw the whole bag in the fire <laughs> and fireworks went off everywhere and we all started running laughing you know i mean we're still having a good time regardless mm-hmm. and uh but as we all ran our buddy toby he just kept running and robert was right beside me left me and a little bit behind me as we ran away and toby just kept, kept running off off into the field and we we all stopped, you know, panting, and uh, we're like, Toby, like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, fireworks are off, you know. And he uh, he's like, I'm chasing Robert. I'm chasing Robert. And he turned around at that moment. He saw Robert. Man, his face turned white. You know, Ooh. he was yeah, yeah. He was definitely, in my opinion, known this guy my entire life. So I was like three years old. We're cousins. He, he's like a brother to me and one of my best friends. But anyways. He's like, man, he's like, there was robbers in front of me. He's like, I was chasing. Wow. Like, he was right up there, you know? But, mm-hmm. uh, so at any rate, uh, the night progresses. We're, me and Robert, you know, being younger too, we're, we're a little bit afraid of the whole bear threat. You know, we're like, is that, is that like a real threat? You know, like, yeah. bears really good at Probably you fine know? until somebody brought it, it up it, and then it became a possibility. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty senseless fear. I mean, overall, but when you're, when you're 13 and you're hanging out with, you know, 17 year old guys all having a good time, you know, it's, uh, seems relevant. But, uh, so anyways, we, we crawled up to the top of this, uh, this abandoned house and the roof is still in structure. They decided to sleep down by the fire that we had built. Me and Robert decided to sleep up on the roof because we were, we were kind of freaked out. I'd sit up there, you know, we were just BS and talking, you know, just having a good time talking about stuff. And we decided to start counting shapes in the stars, you know, or just like looking at them being like, okay, like, well, there's this, that's that constellation. However, how else? But as we were doing that, there were these three perfect stars with uniform brightness and, and brighter, you know, than the surrounding sky, but they look like stars still. Mm-hmm. They were perfectly separated. We were watching them counting out shapes and I was watching that one and just started moving, man. And like, like it was moving really slowly but as these three bright stars passed over the surrounding sky, it blacked them out entirely. And uh-huh. that's when I was like, that's not like, yeah, like, I don't know what that is. And this is, you know, mind you, way before I was ever even truly interested in the paranormal or or UFOs. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't really strike me to years later. I mean, I thought it was weird. And I was like, I think that's a UFO, but yeah, I don't know. So whatever was the three lights... So there was something much bigger mm-hmm. surrounding them, right? That's blacking out. Is that what you're describing? Well, no, like, I mean, to my memory, like, it, it was like, you know, we're laying on the roof. I mean, and this this house was pretty much in the middle of a field. I don't know, maybe five to ten acres on each side. It's an old house. But we were up there. We had a pretty good expanse of the sky, and there was three, like, bright stars. I, what I thought were bright stars, but in that perfect triangular shape. 
and way, way up there. Like, I mean, they were high enough to look indistinguishable from regular stars, you know? Mm-hmm. And as I watched it, I mean, and it moves slowly. It never zipped out of the sky. It just, like, cruised out of the sky. But as it cruised, the interior between the three stars okay, I got you. Uh, was blacked out. Yeah, and you, gotcha. could, you could see the stars disappear as it moved, moved gotcha. across. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the only one true UFO I could say I've ever actually seen or thought that I saw. But, mm-hmm. again, that's one of those things that wasn't until years later that you learn that a lot of this phenomena is related no, yeah. and that my friend had had an experience, you know, an hour or two before chasing something else off into the field. Right. That he claimed wasn't. Did he ever describe a little, like, did he just uh, describe it as it just looked like your friend that he was chasing? Yeah. He said, he said it looked just like him. He said it was even beckoning him. He said it was like running in front of him and it was like turning around Ooh. He can see his face, and he was like, he was like waving his hand on. He's like trying to draw him. I don't know. Wow, that's that's creepy. That's super. Yeah, creepy. I mean, and again, this guy, he doesn't have as much of an interest as I do, or that a lot of our friends do in this uh, mm-hmm. kind of ideology, you know. But uh, like, he was spooked, man. I've known this guy my whole life, and I'll never forget the look on his face. Like, he was spooked. Like, yeah, that would. Do he wasn't it. messing around when he said it. Yeah, the beckoning so. thing is like that's creepy. That's kind of sinister. Yeah. yeah, like, come on. Are you following me off into getting lost somewhere? Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever experience that might be, I don't know. But after that, it's honestly one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. By dreams and all the sleep paralysis, this really shook me. About age 20, 2007, left Arkansas. My mother had uh, bought this property, her and my stepdad, and they moved the trailer out there. I think I was around 20 years old. I mean, very little construction experience, but I built in this horse shed. They wanted to kind of have the American dream kind of thing going on and have chickens and horses and cows and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was living there, so I was helping. And uh, I built a shed, and uh, I built it out of five uh, four-by-four posts cemented in the ground. It was like a, a lean shed, basically, like, so it's, open on one end and shorter on the other end mm-hmm. you have a pitched roof right you know and i screwed all this together and about a week later i came home man uh from a construction job i was working at the time and uh this shed was destroyed and it wasn't only destroyed but like there was a fence for approximately i mean it was a little bit downhill but about the ball bar fence about i don't know 20 foot from it and this thing was thrown over the fence crumpled up in a ball and sitting in the backyard there were no tracks it was a sunny day it really shook me more than almost anything ever has man like and i I sit there and stared at it for i don't know 10 15 minutes i mean maybe longer just mouth the gape and i just couldn't wrap my head around and i called my mom you know because even straight line limbs i mean with nails they they might pull them apart but with screws I mean, at best, it's going to tear off the roof, man. And this right, thing, right. it broke it off at the ground on all four-by-four four posts, threw it up in the air, threw it over the fence to about 50 foot away. Like, And it, it just blew me away, man. I've never had something so inexplicable happen when I was not dreaming. You know, or, right, right. Yeah, no, that's something weird. like that. Was there a yeah, storm or anything that day? No, it was a sunny day. I mean, I had looked at that shed when I walked out that morning because it's facing like directly in front of 
basically of the door they used to exit. And, you know, I mean, it was fine, you know, and I'd spent way too much time. I think I spent like three or four days building it because I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it was cemented in the ground and screwed together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway. were the, the uh, posts broken off that were cemented into the ground? Yeah, at the foot. They look That's, broken, not solid or something. Yeah, no, broken. Wow. I mean, man, I, I 100% swear to that. Like, they were broken. Wow. And, again, like, I didn't see any machine tracks around it or anything, but I can't imagine why anybody would. Yeah. I mean, especially with this place that, like, I mean, it's not, I, I mean, I don't know, but there was no rhyme or reason to it. Like I said, even like with straight line winds, you know, which are our thing, especially on hilltops, you know, they can take off roofs, they can do all kinds of stuff, man. Like it was not only a non-windy day, but it was, uh, it, it was sunny and beautiful. And this thing was cemented in the ground and screwed together. Yeah. And it was broken off at the foot. And like, I've just, I've, Maybe not the craziest story out there, but I, I, I don't know. That's that's a pretty weird one because so if it's on the other side of the fence too, and and it was when you would think it would have taken out the fence. Exactly. That's I failed to mention that. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, the relevance of the fence is like yeah, you would think even if it had broken, pushed it, it would have pushed it through this fence. Mm-hmm. But like it was over the top of the fence, crumpled up like in a ball, approximately fifteen to twenty foot from the house, wow. which was me. 80 foot away, 90, I don't know. Did you rebuild it? I didn't, no. <laughs> no. Did no I think I ended up moving sometime after that, and you know, my labors have been spent there. So Did anyone yeah. rebuild it? No, I mean, but there is. There's a chicken coop approximately in the same place now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, oddly enough, man, I, just, I bring it up just because of the relevance of the direction from that trailer. From the direction that fa- that chicken coop is facing, uh, I was talking to my mom, my stepdad, oh, probably three or four months ago, went to go see him. And my stepdad's a pretty tight-lipped guy. My mom will talk to me about stuff, you know, like, like, you know, what's going on? What's going on in your life? What's going on? The uh, wiggity stuff, like anything mm-hmm. crazy, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's a pretty tight-lipped guy, and it just, I asked him, I was like, "Have you seen anything weird?" And he told me a story years ago about when he was a truck driver back in like the like 75 and he saw a, uh, like a cigar shaped uh, UFO down uh, just like resting close to a field. And uh, he spoke it in hushed terms. And that's the only thing he's ever told me. I asked him, you know, he wasn't going to give it out loud, but I was like, have, have you seen anything weird? He's like, it might, you know, facing that same direction. He's like, I saw, he's like, I thought it was a drone. He's like, but it was a silver ball. It was a silver ball. He's like, and it had a, he's like, it was approximately the size of like a beach ball. He said it was floating over as the crow flies pretty close to the road that connects down there from their property. He's like, it was hovering just above the trees. He's like, and it had a really bright light trailing about four feet behind it. Huh. He's like, but it didn't look connected. And like, it just, I don't know. It kind of struck me. So he just, you know, he never talks about stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, man, like, and I don't know, that was a pretty interesting description. So approximately after that, uh, that would have been around age 22, around 2009, I had my first uh, kind of apocalyptic dream. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll, I'll describe it. So at the time, I was working in a wood shop out in Bruno. Uh, we made hiking sticks, barnets, woodworks. I don't think you'd care if I mentioned that. But anyways, 
I was working uh, with a friend of mine, Quentin, and I had a dream. And again, it's just a dream, but uh, it was a dream the next night. I just bought boots in real life the day before because I needed new boots. And in this dream, I was beside Quentin and his wife, and we were about to say goodbyes. And he's like, man, you know, he's like, I mean, things were going down. At any rate, we said our goodbyes. Things started started going into visions. Seeing people running through the woods, I was running through the woods, evading something. It was unseen, but then at some point we were all captured, and I can't remember exactly where we were being held, but there was a ship or an entity or something close to us, and I don't know, we were in cages or something of the like. But there were a lot of people just with these other other things, and one of them particularly walked out and got close enough to me. And it was a really strange amalgamation, man. It was like, I don't know, it was seven and a half, maybe eight foot tall. But it was wearing like a blue onesie. And it was, I mean, Caucasian skin, the best that I could tell. But it was just really, really lanky. Like it, its fingers were really spindly. It had long, thin arms. Had like dark brown to black hair, best that I can remember. And I think brown eyes, but like elongated and just strange anyways. I know this sounds ridiculous, but... I finally got to get close enough to it. And I was just screaming at it. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you doing to us? And it was like, finally turned and looked at me and it just said, you failed. Hmm. That's all it said. And then I woke up. Yeah. You know, this is just a dream. This is for sleep paralysis and stuff like that started. This is a dream in like, yeah, 2009 around there. And I had a pretty good lull period till things actually started happening. Mm -hmm. When did sleep paralysis start for you? Oh, 2011, 2012, around there. Okay. So you're you're in your 20s at this point. I think around 24. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to do the math on it. But yeah, uh, man, when that first started, I mean, just uh, I'll keep it short and sweet, I'm trying to get into too much detail, but I, I was assaulted like one of the very first times I had, an, I had an experience. And like, I don't know, it was strange in the fact that it was, um, which I've never since then or i don't know it it was a one-off but it was a it was a a very very large like typical like demon like what what you think you would see from like hellboy or something i mean it was it was huge it's like eight seven and a half eight foot tall i mean it was massive but i had no real concept of sleep frost at that point mm-hmm and, you know, I was telling my friends, I was like, man, I've just been having these really crazy dreams, like uh, really bad dreams, really real dreams, you know, where I'm like awake on the couch, which, yeah, I mean, just as reference, at that point, I work nights for a company, uh, for a warehouse. And so a lot of times I would just like uh, hang out and sleep on the couch in the mornings. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, so like that's where this first experience started. And that's what always blew me away about them is they were so real i mean they they were just real in the fact that like the daylight was the same everything was the same in the room mm-hmm. everything just like it it should except for the at first it was this just this one giant entity and that was the one off of him and that's the only time that's ever happened but then they uh i had a few separate experiences i can remember there in that specific apartment and another one they were uh, black voids they were like uh, little balls almost I could just, uh, I don't know, I mean, probably six, six inches across, 
but they were just uh antagonizing they were like pulling my hair from the edge of the couch just i don't know so they and, would uh, interact with you these these entities yeah absolutely that that would be fair to say that yeah mm-hmm. from your first experience that that big demonic thing was there your first sleep paralysis mm-hmm. well yeah the the very first one and mm-hmm. that was and again, that was before, uh, it, it took me a while to catch on, man. Like I, like I said, I was having these experiences and I didn't have a name for it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like, I really tried to start reaching out, you know, mostly to the internet to try to just be like weird, crazy dreams where, you know, I, I just really didn't have a real good reference point for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, um, no. When I was having it in the like late eighties, early nineties, I'm sure there was information out there, but you know, no internet. I didn't know what to even look up. You know what I mean? I didn't know what it was. Right. And it, it was just it, terrifying. Like it was years later, I hear about sleep paralysis. Like, Oh, okay. That's what was happening. But yeah, I mean, there's exactly, no, man. like no one tells you when you're little, like someday you're going to have, you're going to wake up, you're going to be paralyzed. <laughs> you know, you attack my monsters. Yeah. Well, well, you know, and like you said, the paralyzed thing, man, I, I thought it'd be a good thing to, to touch on. It's like, so like, I mean, with mine, I, I haven't ever heard any other people's experiences like this, but like, I don't have a, uh, necessarily like full paralyzing. Every time I wake up, I get a sense that I'm like, like really, really heavily sedated. Okay. Like somebody is giving me like a pile of pain pills. Right. Right. You know, I can, I can barely move, but I can, uh-huh. which has ultimately helped me in being able to like try to ward these things off. I mean, I call them things, you know, but, you know, there's different schools of thoughts on that. But I think that anybody that's ever really experienced that kind of thing would believe that there might be more going on there than just uh, your mind attacking yeah. you. I think there's a a both-end kind of thing with this stuff in that there might be a medical reason for sleep paralysis. But there could be. Whatever these entities are can also sense we're in sleep paralysis. And it's like a, a beacon going off to them where, wherever they are, wherever they live, whatever dimension or whatever they're in, when we go into sleep paralysis, it's like, oh, okay, there's a guy we well, can mess with. Man, that, that's funny you mentioned that because, like, when this first started happening to me, and this is, again, like, like 2011, maybe a little earlier, maybe 2012 or 2010, but anyways, like, I got down this rabbit hole somewhere on the Internet, and they were talking about Archon Energy and how these beings can, like, take it from you if you're on your back. Hmm. And like it's easier, it's like you're a beacon, and like so, like I started sleeping on my side for years, and it it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a hundred percent, but it, it really reduced the episodes. Yeah, yeah. But it is. I think it's a fear thing, you know. Like these things, like yeah, they. Anyways, going off in the deep water, but yeah. No, it's it's yeah. all right. Yeah, I've I've contemplated the same thing. Is like they want. What do they want? They want something from us, and yeah, maybe it is fear. Maybe it is they get something from from that energy or something. I don't know. And again, like in my experience over the years, like I kind of started going towards a, instead of, I don't know, just like a, a, a hate, like attack kind of thing mm-hmm. when I feel that coming on and it's worked pretty well, man. Like it's, they don't, it, whatever, but they, they don't like oppression. Like, you know, they don't like you to fight back. Okay. And yeah. If you do, it's a pretty good deterrent. I don't know. In mm-hmm. my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, but there's different ways of dealing with it. Like for me, you just, you know, growing up Catholic, I just started saying the Hail Mary and it'll, it'll stop it immediately, which is, yeah. which is weird. You know what I mean? Like that's like, 
And other people who aren't Catholic and they have their own belief and they use that and it stops it. So I'm not saying like I have the key and the right answer. I'm just saying like, no, right. Th- yeah. That, that's what worked for me. So I definitely believe in God and I, I believe in a Christian God. I believe there's of course a lot more going on in there throughout all the race in the world and time and history. I think it's interesting that regardless of what somebody believes, like uh, the name of God or professing the name, you know, of, of Jesus, like it has an effect across the board. Yeah. It seems, mm-hmm. you know, which is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I get yeah. these stories that I've heard on Susquest Chronicles about, you know, guys having these really intense Bigfoot encounters and then they're saying the Lord's prayer or something, they, it goes from this intense encounter to the thing just turns around and walks away. I mean, that's, Right, yeah. Something I mean, weird so there. why is that universally helpful? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, like, something weird going on there because if you're being attacked by a bear, you can say all the all our fathers you want, and I don't think that bear's going to stop. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It says there's something else going on there to me, but I don't know. So when you're having these episodes, is there a point where you wake up, or do they just disappear and you're already awake? No, I mean, mostly, like, I mean, when I do have these episodes, and, of course, they do correspond for me personally, generally, to around 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 to 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm having them, like, no, I never immediately wake up. It's always, like, a struggle through the night or whatever. And then, yeah, I wake up in the morning and reflect on it and be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that? Yeah, yeah. You know, what happened last night? So I guess the, the question is, do you think you're awake and experiencing these things or these really intense dreams, man. That's a, I don't know. Like I think the real, I mean, and I think the real, just because I think they're different than dreams. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a, I have a lot of intense dreams as well, you know, and I can wake up and be like, that's just a dream. Right. I mean, even the alien dream I told you, like, I mean, as far as I, that was just a dream, like it was nonsense. Cool. But it did have this really weird, profound kind of a moment in yeah. it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I think for me, these experiences are like, there's definitely been times where I've, I've not woken up. Like the, these entities are just there and then I'm sitting there, you know, I was sitting there with looking at them and then they're, they're gone and I'm sitting up. There's no time I actually woke up, which to me says like there's something else going on there. But I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. I don't no, I mean, I 100% believe that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, I don't know. You know, it's a, uh, I think, I think it's kind of like maybe the question of the what, like, you know, it's a, uh, Mm-hmm. There's so much going on there. When you say you kind of got aggressive with them, he's like you're yelling at him, or, or how- yeah, no, I mean it's just like like I said. I mean back to when I said that I read got on this. I don't know what website I got on, man. I was just reaching out to whatever I could. Yeah, again, no, that I was around it. 2011. Yeah, I was just reading a bunch of stuff, and I this is maybe the one of the only resources I could find on it is like you know that whatever they uh, they feed on your fear and they. Or you're more vulnerable when you're on your back, you mm-hmm. know. And if you sleep to your side, like when you sleep on your back, supposedly it's like a beacon to something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But to me, that didn't matter because it worked. Right. And whether that was like a mental thing where, like, it was just my brain being like, you know, this is the way you can deal with this, you know. Right. Right. Or uh, it was something that physically worked. I don't know. But yeah. So we got uh, time slip. Yeah, so when I was about 13, that was, that was about the same time that you experienced happened with my buddy Robert and uh, Brent and Toby. Mm-hmm. I said their names before, but anyways. So Dylan 
I had a friend, Dylan. He lived down the street from me in Bergman. And this guy basically lived with me. Like, we were real, real good friends throughout our, from probably like, I don't know, 10 to 13, maybe more. Anyways, but uh, it's kind of irrelevant. But anyways, he saved me all the time. Like, I mean, he saved me even during school weeks, you know, like four or five days a week. And uh, we would uh, hang out in the back. My mom worked until I think about 530. And then, uh, or no, that's about when she'd get home. But anyways, so me and Dylan, we would always uh, box in the back room. Back room of the house, same room actually where the elf experience happened. But anyways, we would go back there with these old boxing gloves and just pat around and stuff. And every day, my mom would come in, same time, and go, boys, I'm home. Mm-hmm. And we'd come out, help her groceries, stuff like that. So one day, we were there doing the same thing we'd always done. And uh, like, boys, I'm home. And me and him, without saying a word to each other, we look at each other, we take off the barking gloves, we walk out, and she's gone. No, nothing. And about 25 minutes later, she shows up. Hmm. We're like, ah, why'd you, uh, you know, like we both question her. We're like, why'd, why'd you show up and then just like leave? Like, you could have at least said something to us. She's like, well, she's like, I just got home. You know, I'm like, yeah, like, no, but you were just here. Like, we both heard you. Like, no, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I had to work late today. I just got home. So I don't know. Huh. It was weird. There is a, I think it's called a Vardoger. It's from Scandinavian folklore. Mm. And it's a a spirit that, they call it a spirit predecessor. So it's, mm. it's where oh, a spirit will sort of uh, precede someone. You know what I mean? So we get a lot of stories similar to that, where uh, you know, really? yeah, yeah, it's, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's amazing. Know, maybe who can say? But but it, I mean, yeah, that's good food for thought. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that's a, a different light to look look through too. Yeah, yeah. If you look up, it's V A R D O G E R, and I might be pronouncing that wrong. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stories like yours. Basically, you know, people here, people come home you know, before they they come home and then 10, 20 minutes later, they come home and, and, uh, repeat the same. Interesting, know, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I kind of viewed it in a different light, you know, but that, uh, that gives me like a whole different sense of it. It's nuts. I'm about to look that up. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your view of it? I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, just from the little bit of research that I've done, like, you know, I mean, I say that, but after 2001, 2012, that, that first sleep for all experience, man, like, uh, Maybe really start trying to look more into stuff because I kept seeing things that were connected. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you necessarily where I got that information from. But it basically the idea of just like a time slip in general, like maybe a uh, a false reality, maybe a universal reality we're living in. Mm-hmm. Glitch like, in the matrix kind of thing. Yeah. I, okay. No. Well, that's way better put that's actually yeah uh, that's it in a nutshell right there and that's just the way i've kind of always viewed it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah that gives me a different perspective yeah yeah i, I, mean, I gotta, look into that i think time does funny things anyway so that might be as likely right. likely an answer as anything else like i think sometimes we get these echoes through time i mean Soraya, that i don't know if you ever listened to where did the rogo but he has this really intense theory about basically something bad or something intense happens and it, it almost echoes back through time in a sense and people can have these what they feel are premonitions later or signs of it but he to him it's just like no because time doesn't work the way we think it is they're they're actually picking up on 
on these things that are, you know, happening in what seems to be the future, but maybe happening simultaneously. And I'm probably explaining that poorly, but no, yeah. no, you're explaining that perfectly. And I, I do know what you're talking about, man. Like, I mean, passingly like, but yeah, I, I'm just stumbling over my words. That's pretty much what I was trying to talk about. <laughs> no worries. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. significant sleep paralysis episode that I had and uh, this one's especially weird so I was wanting to uh, save it sure yeah but okay so um about age 27 around 2013 and uh I had a couch upstairs in this loft the house I'm living back in now I moved away for about three and a half years but I moved back in here recently about a month ago but that time I had a couch upstairs you know and uh again I work nights often fall asleep on the couch you know, playing guitar, watching movies, whatever. But this one, I was laying, there, there's an upstairs door, which would have been directly behind my head, about five foot away from the way the couch was sitting that led to a deck outside. And I woke up, and unlike most of the other experiences i had had, this one, the lights were all on. I fell asleep with the lights on. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up, Everything was exactly as it should be, you know, everything looked normal, but there, it sounds like a, an impossibly long zipper. I know a lot of people describe uh, the onset of sleep paralysis in different ways. You will hear it as popping or as static fuzz, uh, but this just sounded like a, a, an impossibly long, very loud zipper. Like it was 30 foot long. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. Mm-hmm. And, I'm laying there. I realize that I'm in it. I'm on my back. I'm on the couch. And the thing crawls over the top of me, just uh, over the arm of the couch, directly above me. I don't know. It's got like a roundish kind of body, lanky arms, a smallish, like pointed shaped head. But it's it's very disproportionate. But it's also, what I notice more than anything as it's crawling over me is it's got these giant sores like all over its body. Got these big, like open sores which are hard to make out. The whole thing's like kind of out of focus, but it, it crawls to the other end of the couch and it sits there just looking at me. And at that point, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I'm awake. I still can barely move or do anything, but I'm just like staring at it and it's staring at me. And I can't focus on its face. It's like shifting left to right. It's like it's out of focus, but it's smile. And I think it is smiling. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of drifting left to right. And it doesn't feel too intimidating, but it keeps trying to reach out and touch me or touch my face specifically. It tries to reach out with its hand and touch my face. And I like weakly be like, get away and just like hit it. And like, I mean, even the weak at the pit, it cowers and uh, it kind of withdraws. And we, we go on like this for, I don't know, 
two or three minutes, trying to touch me. I'll hit his hand away. We'll go back in the corner. And finally, it just uh, it crawls back over the top of me, directly out from the which it came. You know, same same path. I hear the large, large zipper again, and then there's nothing. Huh. And then I wake up the next morning. But you know, that one specifically really stuck with me because it uh, when the lights were on. I mean, and it was I don't know. It was one of those experiences where, like, sometimes I think and I don't know if you experienced that. I feel like maybe I'm somewhere else or even in my own place, but it's like things are a little distorted. Like I'm like, is that lucid or is that dreaming? You know, is that, mm-hmm. yeah. well, it's, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of categories there, Yep. but that one was distinctly like I was awake. Like I had no qualms about that. Like I knew where I was. Interesting. Yeah. I think lucidity plays into this somehow too. I think there mm-hmm. are times where we are maybe going lucid in the middle of these sleep paralysis experiments we don't realize it and things like that yeah i don't know exactly how it all weaves together but i I do believe it's related did you say that was your last one i mean honestly not to just sound a like a storyteller but that was my last significant one up until about when i moved back into this house about a month ago and that was around 2012 2011 and 2011 2012 so i mean i've had other experiences since then intense dreams that that was the last like lucid full dream that i felt like i've had until up about a about a month ago okay all right. i moved back into this house but anyways we yeah you we get now. to that or we don't have to do you mind if i ask how old you are now 35 i'm okay. turn 36 next month and, okay. uh, on the 13th so the reason i asked that is simply because i read a book about sleep paralysis and the various other uh, sleep disorders and lucid dreaming and stuff. It's a pretty good book called Nightmare Land, I think. I had the author on the show. Mm. But in that, I remember him saying, like, oh, for most people, sleep paralysis starts dying off in your mid-30s. Like, you get less and less of it. That was the case for me, although to this day, I'll still get little hints of it. Not real extreme, full-blown, freaky sessions. Right. But I'll, I'll no, get hints I'm of like, it. And that- but like you know, but that lines up pretty well, actually. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I I'd read a little bit about that myself, and like, yeah, like I mean, that's pretty much going like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had a weird experience just the other night, but it was I don't know, it was different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend like, to get more uh, of these like big dreams. You know, they 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 seem important, but they're definitely dreams, and uh, right that I can exactly that I know I'm waking up out of. For instance, oh, tell me one of your big dreams, Tim, and I'll tell you one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I had one recently that I was in the car with my wife and my daughter, and we were driving down a country road. It's actually the road I grew up on. It was called Dark Hollow Road, of all places. We kept seeing something in the sky, and at first I thought it was smoke. And I said, what, what is that in the sky? And I kept looking up, and I was like, no, it's it's kind of illuminated. I'm trying to figure out what it was, and then I realized it was like, a bunch of computer code in the sky. It's like we, uh, we were looking at a computer screen Whoa. and I said, Oh, we're in a simulation. And as soon as I said that all that text in the sky kind of congealed into one light came above the car and started drawing me out of the car, like lifting me up upside down. So I'm being pulled Ooh. through the windshield like, <laughs> and I'm being lifted up. And I said, the hail Mary came out of it. Right. I wake up and I'm like, Whoa, and my wife wakes up too because I wake up. I'm saying the Hail Mary out loud in waking life. 
right? So I woke her up saying it. She knew something going on because I'm saying it. I, I wake up and I finish the prayer while I'm awake. So it's like, you know, I woke up halfway through it or something. And the weird thing about that is within a few days of that, I started getting these weird, like itchy patches on my leg. I ended up having to get antibiotics for them. And like nobody, no doctor mm. could explain what they, I mean, they said they gave a diagnosis and the antibiotics ended up working. But I went for like right. like two weeks where I just thought I was having real bad dry skin at first, and then they, they broke out in patches, and I didn't even make the connection. I was telling Chad about the dream, and Chad's like, your legs, it was they touched you by the legs. They pulled you up by your feet because it, it was on my feet and my legs. I was like, what? That's so weird. Like I never made that connection, that yeah. you know, physical thing. And uh, But, well, you know, antibiotics took care of it. But, yeah, that was weird because the, no, the doctor, I was like, what caused this? And they, they were first like, it was like one thing, then another, but they didn't really have any answers. Right. Aside from the doctor part, which is also scary. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, like, when the doctor tells you, like, I've never seen this before, like, that's <laughs> But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, but the, just the correlation, man, like, you know, like, these, these things that, like, the passing glance seem innocuous. And I mean, light dreams like, well, yeah, like he grabbed you by the legs. Like now your legs are breaking out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, it's definitely not definitive proof, but it's just it is strange. Yeah, you know? I remember the the doctor. I mean, he he did say he'd seen it before, and and like I said, the antibiotics work. But he did say specifically, it's weird that it's happening on both legs at once. And I was like, well, and I, and I, again, when he said that, I had made no connection to the dream. It was only later that Chad mentioned that the dream and i was like oh yeah wow i didn't even think about that yeah that reminds me a lot of the stories i've written down i mean all just because uh like a lot a lot of this stuff man and like stuff like in little little details uh, throughout of them i had no prior knowledge of it i mean as far as i could tell maybe i picked it up from side hand just watching tv or something or like seeing something like that you know but a lot of the stuff just felt like too spot on to Struck off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Too much of a coincidence, right? That was the only time slip I've ever had. I also had an experience like, and man, on my list here, like that's uh, like my first experience. But it, I mean, only because like I don't know, I can't predate anything beyond that. But uh, and again, I thought it was just, I thought it was nothing. I thought it was just my own consciousness, but. When I was like nine, again, hanging out with my buddy, Toby, who was also there for, you know, he was the one that was chasing Robert mm-hmm. in the UFO dream. That man is like a human ninja. And we would always used to jump on the trampoline. And mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, he was crazy, but like, I'm like a human love. <laughs> you know, I wanted it to be better. And like, and that's all we did was jump on the trampoline, like, basically. And uh, at one point, you know, I was trying to learn backflips and, uh, Anyways, uh, like everyone else went inside and I remember like sitting up there, like working up the courage to do it. I mean, like I can do this, like, you know, I can land this, but I didn't really feel confident in myself. But then like when I finally, I was like, I'm doing it, I'm pulling the trigger, I'm going to do it. And when I went to go do it, like I heard like a woman, like an older woman's voice, like screaming me, stop. Hmm. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, it was just like, it was overwhelming you know and again over the years you look at that back and i'm like ah it's probably my consciousness it's just something that i've made up but then i've heard a lot of other stories like that you know yeah. and it's yeah. always people describe it in the same way it's like it's not your voice sometimes it's a male voice sometimes it's a female voice but it's definitely not yours screaming back at you mm-hmm. yeah so did you end up even trying the backflip then 
oh no no man mm-hmm. i like i thought for my plays i mean mm-hmm. years later i think i tried it i remember going in and telling my friends about it and they were like oh that's weird you know i'm like it was weird like i i don't know what that was yeah like, yeah but you know, i mean but maybe it stopped you from doing something that was going to hurt you exactly yeah, yeah i mean and that's what i think you know i mean mm-hmm. similar stories i heard this story recently where i read it but yeah it was a woman with her child pretty typical story light turns green they go to go they hear someone yell stop and it's the action of that voice that makes them like even stop for a second and be like what was that mm-hmm. like that was not from me you know that was not from anywhere and then see a semi blow through yeah i had a guy it, the show hasn't been published yet i recorded the interview with him it'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks he tells a story about being stopped at a red light and it turned green and he said I don't know why. He said, I just didn't go. And a second or two later, this car blows through the, the red light going the other direction. He said, you know, totally would have T-boned him. And yeah, he, but he said later on, he was talking to his wife about it. And his wife said, yeah, I asked you why you weren't going through the light. And you said, I don't know why I'm not going, but I'm not going. He has no recollection of talking to his wife at all. Oh, man. That's- yeah. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like blanking out on like a on the entirely different level. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, not only yeah, like yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. We could talk about this mushroom story. We'll just tell it like it is. Uh, all right, man. Yeah, you and know, um, I don't know. I hope even just talking to you the little bit that we have, like uh, like I said up before, I'm an open book, man. Like I mean, mm-hmm. this is 100 percent the craziest story that's ever happened to me. Like, so yeah, so. People can take this as as they like. The hallucinogens were involved. Exactly. Yeah. So, can I give a little bit of pretense to that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, of course, like like many people, man, I've experimented throughout the years. But by the time this has happened, and I have it written down, I think this is around 23. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware of how these kinds of things affect you. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not uh, necessarily being uh, thrown for curveball in any any way. At this point, particularly, I was with a friend of mine. It was a very a very very small amount, and I'm talking small like 1.2 grams small. Mm-hmm. It's very very small, and uh, it hit me differently in a in a different way at that time. I mean, regardless of my past experiences, and so I'm laying on the couch. There's a fire going in a fireplace. You keep going, but uh. We're both just sitting in there, listening to music, laying on the back, as you do, having a good time, uh, trying to. And uh, suddenly things become much more intense. I mean, you know, and again, what do you expect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is different, man. And again, I would like to preface this with saying, like, man, I, I'd never heard of shadow people in my life before this. I had no idea the concept. So I didn't really start, you know, looking into this stuff until until later, but... Um, there were these um, three beings in the room that appeared and they were in the corners with firelight flickering, you know, and of course that could have been just uh, bad lighting. Mm-hmm. But uh, the forms were different. It was blacker than black. It was amalgamations of people and there were three of them. And I'm again, at this point, I'm just like, ah, this, you know, I'm having a good time, you know, whatever, this crazy <laughs> seeing this stuff. And, uh, and they started talking more accurately, they started arguing as best that I could tell, and I could hear their voices, and they were like, "Ida, ooh, da, 
Uh, like, I mean, again, like from the mummy with Brandon Fritter, like it seems ridiculous, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there again, just being like, okay, this is crazy, you know, whatever. I've never had any kind of experience like this, but this is obviously uh, just an experience. And, uh, but then they started doing something that totally changed my mind is they would argue. That's what I could tell they were arguing. And then they would harmonize. Oh, wow. And they would all sound off like one, two, three. They'd be like, boom, oh, wow. And when they did, man, when they did, I mean, I couldn't swallow spit. I couldn't see straight. It felt like somebody had a 15-inch bass drum next to my head. Wow. Like, I mean, like they used to have those old kicker competitions, like when basses were popular in cars. Like, yeah, yeah. It was insane. And, like, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. It was a total physical experience on my body. Wow. That was scary and uh, uh, really intense. And I thought I got a sense that one of them was defending me. I don't know if that's true, but it sounded like one of them was arguing with two of them. And but then when they would harmonize, I just felt like they were trying to like pull me apart. My atoms. I don't know. <laughs> wow. So when they would do that harmonization, how long would that last? Approximately. 10 seconds. Okay. okay. 10, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, longer than I could about hold my breath. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I literally couldn't breathe. I mean, and I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't swallow spit. I mean, it was like being rattled to your core on every, wow. in every sense of the word. Did it seem like it got loud in volume or was there just something else about that note, that, you know, harmonized chord or let's say? Man, that's a good question. I definitely felt like it got louder. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not like, I mean, it definitely wasn't the volume that was rattling me apart in the sense, but it, it was the tone of it. Okay. And again, that's, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in any of that, but, you know, it's like, and then it was way later I learned about certain frequencies and how those harmonize, how, you know, I like suppose Asian cultures use those to do all these things, you know? Sure. And yeah. like, it hit me so hard man that i was like i'm not just on mushrooms right now like this is yeah especially because you said you've done them before and this was a pretty low oh yeah many, many many times yeah and this was you a know low like dose. yeah and this was yeah this was something different and there you know there's nothing else and they weren't laced mm-hmm. in the comical way but uh it really shook me man and then did they yeah. ever do anything else or did they just that was it <sighs> man it's best that i remember they kept I mean, they talked for a while, and then they faded out, as I imagine they would do, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's my only real experience with shadow people, except for I had a... When I have sleep trials and stuff, like, I don't... Those don't necessarily appear to me as shadow people. They don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like, these, these felt like different kind of things. But I did have a dream, and again, this is, this is a dream story, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. And this dream was pretty innocuous. You know, I was going through a lot of different settings and stuff. I mean, nothing really significant, but I, I was sitting in this couch on this house or in this house at some point, And I saw one, what I perceived as a, a shadow being materializing like in the corner. And like I've said prior, like my immediate thought to that is like oppress it. Like it's trying to oppress you. You have to oppress it back. Mm-hmm. Like, it's trying to make you feel fear. You have to show that you have no fear. Best you can. Anyways. But I ran up to this thing, and uh, it did not work. And it grabbed me, and it yelled, 
again, in kind of that similar kind of language kind of thing, it, like, I, I remember, like, when I tried to run up to it, it was like two magnets, like, opposing each other. Hmm. Like, I saw it in the corner of the room, when I ran to it, it, like, it felt like it, like, pushed me back on an electrical level. I don't know, the best mm-hmm. I can describe it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, and then, but then after it did that, like, after I bounced back, it grabbed me, and it, like, pulled me right up to its face, which was just blackness, you know, I mean, I could almost make out some eyes, and anyways, but, uh, and it yelled at me a lot, and then it threw me, and when it threw me, it threw me, like, I don't know, perceivably, I mean, through another dream, through another dimension, but, like, I went through the room that I was at, and it threw me into a cabin, best I could tell, but, like, when it threw me, like, it physically threw me, like, I landed in the kitchen, and I smashed into the stove, and I remember, like, walking around that cabin, and, like, and that goes into kind of lucid dreaming, like, I knew I was dreaming at that point, mm-hmm. and I, but I didn't know, I mean, I remember looking outside and seeing that the sun was setting, and there was about two inches of snow on the ground. Hmm. It was what, early December, but it was one of the most realistic dreams I've ever had, and I walked around this cabin, went back in the back bedroom, uh, the guy had flannel bed sheets, I imagined him as a guy... He had a gun rack beside his bed, and I just, like, kind of cruised around in there for a little bit, and then I woke up. Hmm. But, again, the, sh- the shaking thing about that was, like, the throwing. Like, yeah, yeah. the thing threw me. It, it threw me. It, like, it griped me out and then threw me. Yeah, that's why I'm like, threw you right into another dream. That's crazy. Yeah, or a dream, or I mean, I don't know. Or right, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, another, I, I don't know. But, another place. And it's probably just a dream. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, again, I'm very big on the belief system of uh, look at everything and believe nothing. Mm-hmm. You sure. know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's so, I mean, I, I don't know what it was. And he had the same kind of blacker-than-black appearance as the, the other ones. Yeah, I mean, very much so. Although I got, for some reason, I got a distinct feeling that this one was female. Which, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, man. Now I'll give you one more. And again, this, this is going into dream territory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, like, you're the only person I've really said these out loud to besides Joseph. Not necessarily out of embarrassment, but just because, like, I mean, it's just, you know. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I, I do this yeah, for a living, just, so I'm I'm a lot braver about talking to anybody about this weird stuff. But before I did it yeah. a, uh, for a living, it was, yeah, it was just not something I, I talked to anybody about. I keep my mouth All shut. All right. Yeah. And, uh, man, and I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing some of your experiences with me. Like, that, oh, sure. uh, that helps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the no, point but, uh, of the show. That's, you know, people hear you tell your stories and somebody's going to hear it. I guarantee it and say, well, oh, I had something exactly. similar. The, I had something similar and they'll, they'll contact me. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, uh, I mean, you know, one reason, even, you know, that I got a whole deep side, just like listen to other people experience and like, it's, it's nice to hear it, you know, and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and to have a platform in uh, order to be able to, Say what you've seen. These, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Same things. Don't think we'll ever get to solve this, whatever it is. But we're going to add to the stories, and maybe, maybe somebody in the future yeah. looks back and says, "Oh, look, look at all these stories that collected, and they can make some kind of sense of it." Yeah. All right. So I'll put man the flash stream. This is a pretty recent one, and uh, it's, I touched on uh, the fact that about apocalyptic dreams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that. Generally, these include, like, I mean, they almost always include big portals in the sky. I don't know how to describe them. They're not portals. They're like uh, 
they're like clouds that are enveloping on themselves, like in rainbows. Mm-hmm. But there's something ominous about them, and they always trigger something. Like it's always like a flip. It's always like uh, everything is fine at one moment, and then everything goes from real life to make believe land in an instant, and mm-hmm. everything is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this last one I had, man, I, I, I want to touch on because I thought it was uh, especially strange. I remember the day. Anyways, you remember very recently the whole spy balloon storage, correct? The uh, what now? Yeah, the Chinese spy balloon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, and yep. it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like kind of a big plat and all this. So, like, this dream occurred after the first day, the first balloon. Mm-hmm. Before there were the other balloons, there was this one balloon. And, uh, I man, I had not seen pictures of this thing. I mean, which maybe isn't that surprising that it's just a big balloon. But so I had this dream, and I was driving through Harrison. Give you the exact route. I was by, I was by Pace Industries. and I had to stop. Can't remember why. I had to stop, and I pulled over by uh, by this factory. And I remember getting out and getting on my phone. I was doing something, but I looked up and I saw that spy balloon. And I was like, "Oh, there's that spy balloon everybody's been talking about." Like I remember thinking that in my dream, being like, "Oh, like there it is." But it was like trailing this, this weird, like a uh, I don't know, like silvery like glitter behind it. Huh. It was strange. But anyways, it was like far off in the sky. I really didn't think much about it in the dream. But then, like, I turned around, and, again, it had triggered something. And at that point, there were all kinds of UAPs. I mean, there were triangle UAPs. There were orbs. There were the all classification, and they were everywhere. It wasn't like one here, one there. Like, they were littered in the sky, going crazy. And uh, everybody started to panic. And, uh, you know, I started to panic, too. And, uh, like, what the hell's going on? So... We ran into this uh, building pace, and we're all in there talking about it. And, uh, again, comically, like, this text starts appearing on the wall. Like, it's pretty small. It's probably, like, I don't know, like 12 inches by like two foot, like, you know, a foot by two foot. And it's some Bible verse, and I can't remember it. I can't remember how to read it. I remember reading that verse and seeing it and being like, that's weird. But then this just, like, full-blown, like, doomsday clock appears below it it's hmm. like a it's got like a month date year ticker on it oh wow and it starts ticking off and then again i'm just gonna say it as it is i mean as made up as it sounds it said your death is upon you right it, wow. and it said it in blood below it oh wow but it's like after that happened everybody panics again more I tried to go back out and I get in my car and I'm trying to go to find my friends and my family. I'm like, how can we, you know, consolidate and try to make it through this? But the thing that really kind of shook me about that dream, above just being relevant to the fact that I had not seen that spy balloon and it looked just like it when I did see pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I had a friend tell me that even lucid dreaming, you can't read in your dreams. So every time I lucid dream, I try to read mm-hmm. and I've never been able to. Never, never once. And I've tried multiple, multiple times. And this time I could read at least the bottom text that said your death is upon you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either because I've, I've had yeah. <laughs> I've had dreams where I've gotten texts in my dreams. Like, Have you? Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. That's cool. No, that's really cool, man. I, I, I want to hear this. I mean, this was a crazy, another one of these weird dreams, but I was getting texts from, me. from gray aliens. 
Man, that's interesting. The text on the wall as well. Yeah. Like, that's a really interesting connection. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but so I have read texts, but not often. I don't know if I can lucid dream. Like, I don't know if I can. I was on some show that talks about dreams, and they're like, oh, I think you're lucid dreaming without realizing, which I kind of was like, how what is that lucid dreaming if I don't realize it? You know, <laughs> then, it, then it, how can it be well, lucid? Right. Well, yeah, that, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, to my knowledge, I do not lucid dream. Like, I'm ready to believe, man. When all this stuff happens, I'm just like, sure, grays are texting me. There's nothing weird about that to me. You know, right? <laughs> I'm just whatever happens is like I, the other dreams I've had. You know, dreams where like Bigfoot was sleeping in the farmhouse I grew up in. It never occurred to me to be that it was weird. It's just like, huh? I I wonder. I guess I shouldn't wake him up. He's gonna be mad. You know? It was like, yeah, just weird. Never, yeah, you've never had like a, a dream like where you're fully aware that you're dreaming. No, I think I'm too ready to believe in all this stuff, which may be a, a problem. But in any case, uh, yeah. So I've had the one, at least the one dream where I've read. I feel like there's been others, but I, I know, you know, that's from recent memory that I've definitely. No, dude, that's that's incredible to me. Like, it's like, I don't know. I mean, lucid dreaming. I mean, it, it, it's not something I can control whatsoever. And I've only had like a few episodes where I would say like I was truly lucid dreaming. But yeah, that texting alone is a uh, man. That's crazy validation for me. Like pursue it more like yeah i'm gonna do it like yeah yeah so wow yeah that's a wild dream you don't remember what the doomsday clock said how, how many days we have left i don't remember that and i don't remember what it said above it but it, like i mean i if you remember that above the clock it wasn't in blood like it was below the clock like and i remember even thinking that in the dream that it was like comical mm-hmm. i'm like this is like a horror movie yeah right, it's like a right. It's like like your death is upon you. I mean, it was still terrifying, but it was like it was it was comical in the sense that I'm like, yeah, like maybe my brain's just making that up, making this up. But I was fully aware that I was dreaming. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. The weirdest thing for me, honestly, with that was that, and again, not it was a spy balloon. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, because I had not seen a picture of that yet. And I mean, and again, it's just a big balloon. I can imagine what a big balloon looks like in my own mind. But it was, I saw some pictures of the spy balloon in waking life and it was like trailing something behind it mm-hmm. it was weird i don't know i mean that could have been photoshop or whatever but i just remember those were some of the first images i saw because i thought that was especially strange yeah in the dream i was like what's it trailing behind it no yeah. i don't know yeah wish i knew the the key and if we were getting like sometimes i think we get valid information in dreams and sometimes i think it's junk information even if it's a big dream, exactly an, an important dream. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if no, it, you're absolutely right. Sorry. It reminds me of the Mothman right. prophecies. You know, so sometimes they were he was getting these completely accurate predictions. They would predict things that would absolutely come true, and then the next thing would just be bunk, like it would never happen. And they never knew what was like what was true, what was going to come true, and what was not, because some of these predictions were true and some were just like wrong. Exactly. So they're like they're predictions, but they're like not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, they are predictions. I don't know. Like, man, I don't know. It's it's so wiggity. But I mean, I think that's honestly like I wouldn't say the fun of it because I don't think fun's the right word. But it's it's pursuit of it. It's trying to latch on to more truth than you have, mm-hmm. regardless of what that might mean. Right. You know. Yeah. And I I think that's why it's fun to take everything with a grain of salt, look at it all, and uh, just try to speculate what's going on. The stuff that really validates at least my own stories is uh, hearing other stories like on your on your podcast, man. Like there you go. Hearing people like I think it was a man named Alex. I don't know. I've been kind of 
poking around here and there on different stories. Uh, the unharries. The wearies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was talking about uh, again. He said he saw like he thought it was a dream, but it was like gnomes in his room or like elves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think it was a uh, he saw some like small hairy creature like disappear into his brother's bed and shit like that. That I think is a uh, yeah, yeah, not especially interesting. Glad you brought him up because Alex contacted me recently. I gotta have him back on the show. He's got more stories for me. Cool. Yeah, man. I I really I really like podcasting. Of course, is it Father John? I know Joseph uh, missing him as well. What's Brother Richard. Brother Richard. Yeah. Brother Richard. Yeah, man, that guy. Uh, that guy's incredible. I I could listen <laughs> to him talk all day. You and okay. me both. I it's it's one of the luckiest things that ever happened when that he contacted me for the podcast. It's it's just been great having him as a resource. Jaron, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Hey, thank you for sharing yours with me, man. Yeah. It's good to talk to you. You want yeah. to talk again? Uh, let me know. All right, yeah. You just let me know if anything weird happens. You know where to find me. All right, I will. Well, because of our new antique stand, I think you've you've spread our curiosities too thin. I mean, I could have found something, but I want it. I want something decent. I don't just want to just go into another room and grab something off the shelf. I, I, Actually, I, it's like I liked it to be more considered. We were running late anyway, <laughs> and we knew we were late. So no curiosity this week, but there are curiosities to be had. There are. If you're local and you're looking for a coffin. <laughs> what is it going to take for me to get you into a coffin today? <laughs> <laughs> There's an odd fellow's ritual coffin at Allison's stand at American Daydream. You can't miss it. It's on the first floor. Just look for the big coffin, big black coffin. This is neither the first Oddfellows ritual coffin that we've owned, nor the first that we've sold. So everybody needs a coffin. It's true. Get your coffins. Get an American Day drink. I mean, it's it's getting. Cl- I mean, it's August now. It's getting a little late if you're preparing for Halloween. Yeah, I was going to plop a plastic skeleton in this coffin, but no, I said that was it was too a little cheesy. Yeah. I like an elevated... An elevated coffin. (laughs) For my latent gothic tendencies. We also have our stand at Black Rose Antiques in Hanover. So we're our antique empire. (laughs) (laughs) Chad's there with us, too. Chad's got axes and wool and stuff over there. We've got my books in both places, both at American Daydream and Black Rose. If you're a lumberjack who likes uranium glass... You'll love. Oh, our stand. <laughs> yeah, that is the place for it. <laughs> I need to pick up a wool coat and some uranium glass. Oh, have we got the stand for you? Back corner, Black Rose Antiques. Now, if you're local, you can find our stuff there. I know I said last week the artwork would sell right away. It didn't, the artwork for the episode. Mm-hmm. It lasted, I think, through the weekend last week. So I shouldn't brag about, hey. Yeah, yeah. Your little humble brag. That wasn't even really that humble. <laughs> uh, usually, mm. Bigfoot art especially goes pretty quick. The episode yeah. art in general goes pretty quick, usually. But it did sell. There is this week's artwork as well. It's a watercolor of, of a gnome. Mm. So this episode artwork is available as well. It's a little bit smaller than the other ones I've been doing, so I'll charge less for it. That's out there. That's in our Etsy shop. For any gnome-centric people. Go to the show notes. You'll see an image of the the original watercolor. If you click on that, it'll send you over to our Etsy shop where you can purchase that artwork. Also at Etsy, 
We have previous curiosities of the weeks. Mm-hmm. Curiosity of the weeks? Curiosities of the week. Yeah. Previous curiosities of the week. Those that are left. Other artwork I've done, both originals and prints. You can get all of my books there. You can get some of my music there. And the Paracord Rosaries have been a big hit. I really like making those. It's very kind of like meditative experience making them. I really enjoy that. So I'm happy that they are selling. So you can get the Paracord Rosaries there as well. They're under the Flower Path section. If I sell out of the Rosaries, just keep checking back because I'll make more. I'm making them as they sell, basically. Our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave. If you type in Strange Familiars at Etsy, though, you should see our stuff come up. Check everything out there. There's also Strange Familiars t-shirts and stickers and more. All right. I think we've held this up long enough. Mm -hmm. Let's get this episode out. Time to get it out. All right. Thanks for being patient with us, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. There's a Strange Familiars gathering group there as well you can join. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. And uh, we're on the web, too. Mm. We have a website. Mm, this seems wise in 2023. It's strangefamiliars.com. Crying, he 
Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.